Podcast world, it is me, Jordan Largaspada. Welcome back to Front Sight. Today, we're joined with three, not old men, but men that are older than me. <laughs> wow. I'm not calling you guys old or anything, yeah, right? Right? But uh, I'm here with- My bike's old to you, Jordan. That voice- <laughs> That's that, true. That beautiful voice right there, that was Rodney Kilborn. Nice. Our singer. That voice, Pastor Ron B. Smith Jr. Howdy. And Do- then Dr. Ron B. Smith. Oh yeah, oh, Pastor Ron Pastor Dr. Ron B. Smith Jr. <laughs> oh man. And then over here we have Jacob. Hey, how's it going? Just hey, Jacob. Jacob. You know, I'm I feel like I'm around you guys right now, but you like, are. I don't know. I just feel like even though you guys are my friends and stuff, I just feel like a little bit lonely. You do? Well, you came to the right spot. Do you have anything to say about that? That's actually what we're talking about today. Is what? How to deal with loneliness. No way. <laughs> like, you timed that perfectly. Really? Yeah, we're glad you're here. Thank you, man. Yeah. We knew that you were lonely as well. <laughs> yeah. Anything we could do to help. Yeah, this one's really for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really is for you. It's called Episode Jordan, How to Deal with Loneliness. <laughs> Jacob and I are just going to grab a coffee. All right, guys. I, I mean, like me and Pastor Ron, we, we really need to talk about Honestly, this. get me a coffee. I'm, I think we all need one, right? Oh, man. All right. Well, we got that out. Um, you know who's around the room, as always. And, man, you know what? I'm excited because we've had a lot of um, a lot of guys, at least for me, uh, comment recently just on different things they're receiving from the podcast, and then they they like the pictures um, in the office. They're like, "Cool, I had no idea where that was happening." Um, and we've uh, I've actually had some of the guys come into the office and they're like, "So this is where it happens." And oh yeah, yeah, this is yeah. where the fun happens. Yeah. We have a good time here. All right, but yeah, let's dial this in. We're we're going to talk about how to deal um, with loneliness. Now, I have to be fair. I, I wrote this specifically, pulled it out because. Um, about, I'd say a month and a half leading up to this, that was all I met with guys about. Mm. So there was this window, um, rather not a window. There was a a moment where every guy that I met with, this was a topic. Now, let me ask you a question. Pastor Ron, you don't have to disperse that out. Like it's a bunch of guys we know as Jordan at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. You're so true. We've met so much of your time. We've met like three times today already. I just, (laughs) I tried to soften the blow, Jordan. (laughs) Nothing's really been getting through to me yet. Oh, how funny. (laughs) But no, no, but, but think about this. Does that surprise you that, um, we actually have a podcast for men, Mm -hmm. um, titled how to deal with loneliness. Yeah. Does that surprise you? I mean, to be honest, I mean, to be to be, to be fair, I would not have thought about it. I'll be honest, I would not oh, have yeah. thought about uh, it unless I had that many meetings in a row. Right. I would say, experientially, you wouldn't think that you would, but I just know a lot of guys. Yeah. Is that because we actually hear women verbalize, like, I feel lonely, and maybe we don't hear guys verbalize it as, yeah. as much? Oh, Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can tell when a guy gets go, crawls down the hole. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, Hank. All right. That's that's really good. They don't so, verbalize it. I don't think that they much. don't. But hey, that's really uh, that's a really good comment you just made. 
So I think we know when guys go down the proverbial rabbit hole or they go in the dark space. Um, but uh, that's a really good point because I, I don't think they know to call it loneliness. Mm-mm. Mm. Okay, you I'm, just I don't, have to pull it out of what they're saying. I think so. I mean, yeah. I will definitely do that. Yes, you definitely have to like, all right, I think you're going through this. I think you're feeling this. But yeah. So why is it that you think guys have a, have a hard time admitting that they're lonely and or answer this? Why do you think they have a hard time identifying that it's loneliness? I mean, any thoughts on that? Like, why is it so tough for us? Man, so many guys just don't know how to like, don't know how to place their emotions. Like yeah. they don't have that kind of um, built-in thing. Like a lot of, I see a lot of like kids, like, like Rayleigh. Right. We'll be like with Benjamin. You're like, oh, you're feeling like this right now. You know, mm. you know what I'm saying, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you guys, when you're like with with Benjamin, you're like trying to put names to how he's feeling, even though mm. he's like, yeah, he doesn't know. He only knows how to say ball right now. <laughs> 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 you guys are you guys are already building in that foundation, but so many people have never like even at the age of like 30. Yeah, they've right? haven't None developed of you guys that. Are 30, but yeah. So like yeah. even even like at that stage you're still at the point where you're like I don't even know what, how I'm feeling right now all I know is like Bleh. but yeah. do you think do you think um do you think culture how do I ask this like it, is it manly to say I'm lonely no it's not it's not and I and I think there's so many things that contribute to that you can be in a relationship where you don't feel like you have a voice maybe come on and so. Mm. You don't want to. You don't want to have to say the thing that's going to cause a firestorm right. again and have that conversation when you get home. But mm. this is, you know, day fourteen of not having, you know, any kind of emotional intimacy with your spouse. Wow, oh, man! And so you're starting to feel, you know, like a right. roommate, or you're starting to feel like. I think a lot of guys deal with that, and yes. they just suck it up, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then. If if you got a couple that's just perfectly matched, right? They both start, you know, throwing down, right. and then nothing gets talked about at all. Oh, listen, I can full on confess, like Rain and I are perfectly matched. You know what I mean? Like, there, to be called into ministry, you have to have a wife that's called into ministry. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we know that, like that. That what are the chances of a North Carolina boy traveling to Texas and meeting uh, the girl he's you know supposed to marry on a dance floor? I mean, only God can design that. My point is, there are times when when I feel I felt lonely in in ministry and in marriage, and there's times when Raina has. Mm-hmm. So to your point, okay. So I ask a lot of questions, which sometimes leads me to develop the material. I ask. Here's another question. You, I think it came from what you just said. I'm writing. I think sometimes we think the wife um, doesn't even assume that the man is supposed to be lonely. Like maybe she thinks, well, you you got everything you need. You got your boys. You got your work. You got your truck. You got your whatever. You got your toys. You got your fishing rod. Like you got your television shows because men come home and we come home for the most part. We come home like we're home. Yeah. And we're sometimes we're not fully engaged. And so the wife thinks, well, he's fine. Mm. So um, it's helping her understand that uh, to identify what what does loneliness look like in her husband. I mean, to your you said it. There are a lot of guys that are married and the marriage is decent. It's not like it stinks. Yeah. Uh, the marriage is good. But there's there hasn't been emotional connection like like you said it well they're like a roommate yeah and there's I, a lot of guys that think like bro I don't deserve for her to like try hmm. you know like it's like man I don't want to say this so that that way then she's gonna like have to work harder it's like oh man 
I hear I so much about how I, that's a good point. She's it, it hurting. Could be, could be. I think most of the time it's it's more like you don't want to say it. You yeah. don't want to because it's it's a oh, conversation yeah. you don't necessarily want to have or to have again. Yeah, and I the think, re- the reality is in these situations uh, you've got a party, and this could be this could be the wife too. I right? it could you know, but you have an expressive per- like you learn yeah. how to love. The first woman a man ever learns to love is his, his mother. First mm-hmm, man right. a woman ever learns to love is is her father. And so if you were, you know, if if affection was scattered to you right. and you barely received it and you learn how to live yeah. without it, you're probably not going to be a oh. very outwardly affectionate person. True. Yeah. If you marry somebody that's a good fit for you, it probably is somebody who's an affectionate person. Mm. But then that person usually loves the way they want to be loved. And if they're not getting affection back, mm-hmm. then they don't want to keep having that conversation. It's just, yeah. it, and there's probably 15 other examples. Right. But, but so you could be lonely and be, you know, have a, a decent marriage, but feel like you're not connecting. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I, I mean, obviously, men of all ages and stages, but it's it's guys um, in their twenties. Like it, and again, to your point, Rodney, you made a great you. You said a whole lot. If guys were listening, you said a whole lot in just the beginning. You said, "Well, there's probably some single guys out there that I mean, they're hanging out with single guys. There's some young guys out there. Okay, we don't have to just be talking about you know the the married yeah. folks. Um, you can feel lonely no matter what stage in life. But I think for guys, it's not often assigned to them. Mm-hmm. It's easier for a female to come out and say, like, I, I, I just feel alone. I'm in a room full of other women. They're chit-chatting. But I just felt like alone. Like, the guy may not know how to say that. But, yes, it doesn't matter where you are. If it's a good marriage, if it's a a, a decent marriage, if it's um, – obviously, if it's a stinky marriage. So what – Here's here's how I know sort of when I'm feeling that way, and here's some things I've identified with some guys that go through it: um, sadness, frustration. Believe it or not, frustration is a sign of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, numbness. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we know depression. I've known a number of men, um, even when I was younger, that were sort of switching careers. So the wife, all of a sudden, started really making a lot of uh, money, like like AT and T. Let's say was a good company. I were one church I pastored nearby. And the wives were promoted faster. Or women were promoted faster than guys for whatever reason. I mm. think just with the way the industry laid itself out. A lot of men, like when I say a lot, 10 or 15 guys were now working from home, raising the kids, and staying at home, raising the kids because the wife all of a sudden became like vice president. Oh, wow. And yeah. pulling down like 500000 a year. And he was like, you know, boom, um, you're gone all the time. Well, he went through a period of loneliness, mm-hmm. not because he didn't like the role. He was like, it wasn't like he said, I don't like being dad. I don't like doing this. It was just like, I've always sort of identified myself as first one out of the house, last one in. Um, and it wasn't even thing like she makes more money than me. It wasn't yeah. even that. Yeah. Um, there, so there's a lot of men that are going through role changes in mm-hmm. their job. Yeah. Um, the uh, schedule I, just completely changes exactly. up. You're not prepared. Wow. Exactly. Could, could be a single guy at work, and the people that work with him don't ideologically align with yeah. them. They're not Christians. They pick on them. You, you got to pretend like you don't know they're talking about you yeah. in the break room. Oh, man. And so all of a sudden, in a in a in a you know a place of employment with 500 people, you can feel like. One in five hundred. Oh, really absolutely! Quick. Like the first few times, everybody goes out for drinks after work, and you go because you want to. But then you don't. You drink water or you know soda water and lime or whatever. And then after that, people are like, "Hey, dude, you want to drink?" Like, no. Nah. Well, then now they're no longer asking you, and now you yeah. see everybody leaving work at you know four fifty nine. 
you know, to go down to Charlie's or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just making up a name. And then you're not. You're not one of them. You're not. And so now it's more than just you're not hanging out at the bar. Now they, they in some companies, they don't like involve you in the collaboration. They don't involve you mm-hmm. in the deals. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, look, don't give that, don't give that big deal to, to Johnny because, you know, so and so, they like to go out for drinks afterwards. And how's he going to feel if he you can't know? trust somebody you don't know well? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Don't put. It, oh no. Every everything you're saying is spot on. Here's some some other signs of um, loneliness. You just have a lack of motivation. Now watch, guys, because uh, this is a fine line. Because most guys don't don't naturally want to connect with others. Mm. But you have a lack of motivation to just connect. Like you want to shut down. Wow. Um, so here's what we know. Let's walk through this. Loneliness is a valid emotion, mm-hmm. and you need to acknowledge it. Let's let's identify it. Let's help you identify it. Let's help you acknowledge it, and then I want to show you how to deal with it. Um, so just quickly, I'm going to touch on a biblical figure of Elijah. Um, Elijah's a very well-known prophet. Great example. Gra- yeah, great so example. Good. Um, what he accomplished is just like I, you and I just blows my mind. If you ever go to Israel and you stand on Mount Carmel, you're like, how in the world did the guy have the courage? Like the, the how did he have the courage yeah. to do this? He did that. Um, he, he gets what we call a nasty a nasty gram from Jezebel. Um, she sends him a nasty gram, and he's just like he gets scared. He runs the equivalent of like almost a hundred mile sprint kind of a deal and panics. And then he cries out, I am the only prophet left. Literally, that's what he says. If you do your Bible history, there was actually a school called the School of the Prophets when there was a, there was about 5,000 speculated prophets at the time, not necessarily near him, but there were other prophets is my point. Mm-hmm. He's so lonely that um, loneliness makes him cry out, I'm the only one. Listen, I'm the only one. One more time, I'm the only one. I'm that the only one. familiar to a lot of people right now. Yes, oh I'm the only gosh. one that feels this way. I'm the only one that's not connecting with my wife. I'm the only one, um, um, Jacob, mute Jordan's headphones for just a moment. I'm the only one that hasn't had sex with my wife in like six months. Whoa! Or- <laughs> he didn't mute my headphones. <laughs> I am so sorry, Jordan. I thought we'll this just was say earmuffs. For, a, for we'll a guy that didn't know what a wheelbarrow was, that word just threw him for a loop. <laughs> just kidding. He's laughing. We pick on Jordan. Jordan's a good, good sport, right? Um, but now here's the deal, right? Elijah just, he receives, like, he does he does all these magnificent, awesome things that take incredible courage, and then he gets one little sticky note that says, I'm coming after you, and he panics. And now he's crying out to God, like, I'm the only one that can do this. Now, I want to make a point really quick about Elijah, because this is something you guys need to understand. I'm not just using him for a biblical example because he's a biblical example. But because he's a biblical example, we can learn biblical principles that you need to understand. When you read Elijah's story, which is found in 1 Kings um, 17 and uh, up through 19 or 20, when you read his story... Here's a phrase you're going to hear over and over and over. Now, this is important, okay? So a little Bible study lesson here. Whenever you see a commonly repeated phrase, you need to pay attention to it. Go and yeah. go back and find out how many times it was repeated. Then that helps you put together the entire story. Yeah. Here's a phrase you hear over and over, according to the word of the Lord. Mm. Like you hear that at least six times, according to the word of the Lord, according, according to the word of the Lord, or it might say at your word or the word of the Lord, Here's my point. Elijah was in a season where loneliness was around him. He chose it, but God did not put him into loneliness. Mm. That's I, a very important distinction. Wow. Yes. Yeah. 
loneliness was around him, and God orchestrated all the events, but it was Elijah that choose, he chose um, loneliness, okay? Mm. So I need you to understand that. But the Word of God in Elijah's life was primarily important to and needed to be to help ground him but get him out of um, the state of loneliness um, he was in. Now, here, let me, let me just say it this way. Elijah, what he experienced was he experienced this perspective um, in, in that moment that kept him from loneliness. In other words, before this moment, he allowed himself, listen, guys, to be set apart by God rather than to be set aside by himself. Let me say that one more time. Let me say it this way, rather. Loneliness creeps in when we set ourselves aside rather than set ourselves apart. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so one of the lessons I have to keep telling my girls all the time is ministry is extremely lonely. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, you're surrounded by people. I'm like, honey, I live my life by a calling that naturally separates me from people. Like, I have to be separated to study. I have to be separated to put sermons together. Now, the average person in the church only sees me around people, but they don't know how much time I have to set myself apart, keyword, set myself apart for time alone. Like, the majority of my calling is spent in in, in quietness, in solitude, before the Lord. Now, if I'm not careful, I can come out of my office and think, no one's here. I'm lonely. But you have to understand the difference from being set apart and set aside. My point is, when I choose to be set aside is when I've chosen loneliness. When I choose to be set apart, I'm realizing that according to the word of the Lord, God has put me in this environment right now for whatever reason. reason, Yeah, yeah, for a reason to experience this. Mm -hmm. Okay. But let's define where where does loneliness come from, and more importantly, where did Elijah's loneliness come from? Let me let me, let me say this. Let me you got you got to get this. Okay, loneliness is never rooted in one single event. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I say that? Well, the devil's only going to bring up one single event. He's going to say, "Oh yeah, you wanted to go play golf with the boys, and the one weekend you were available, um, they're not." Like, he's going to bring that up. Yeah. Oh, you you thought bringing flowers home and you thought saying encouraging words meant there was going to be an emotional connection between you and your wife, and now all of a sudden she's not what she said she would be if these things happened. Mm. And so the devil's going to remind you of one single thing or one single moment. Loneliness is not because of one moment, Right. It's, it's grafted by and crafted by several experiences that you need to see and understand, okay? Now, here's what you need to understand. How do I determine what is loneliness, what is being set aside, and what is being set apart? All right, let's, first of all, let's define loneliness. Loneliness is defined as the quality of being unfrequented and remote or isolation. Yeah, I need you to hear that last word. The definition of loneliness is defined as the quality of being unfrequented. In other words, like you don't have a whole lot of people coming around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one calling, no one texting, nobody checking on you. You're like on an island, which is why they put semicolon in the definition isolation. So what is isolation? All right. The word isolation comes from this, uh, a Latin word, insulatus, which means, listen, made into an island. 
Oh wow! I love the way that. So it it comes from what what how how you and I know as insulation. Mm. So think about how how we build houses. We put up an exterior structure, then we put up an interior frame, and in the middle uh, between the exterior structure and the interior frame is insulation mm -hmm. in our walls. Whenever you and I insulate ourselves from others, we have now isolated ourselves from others. Yeah. Mm. Did mm -hmm. you understand that? Yeah. Like, so what happens is, is we start interpreting something that happens. All right, if I go home and I'm thinking, all right, I bought flowers, I called her, I texted her. When I come home, she's going to be in a bikini and she's going to want to, Jordan, close your, like, <laughs> she's, she's going to want to connect with me, right? That's what we're thinking. I come home and I've done all that and I didn't see it on the calendar. She had planned to have dinner with her girlfriends. And I'm like, well, what the heck did I do all that for when I thought this was going to happen? Well, okay, what happens in your mind after you do that? You put up insulation. Mm. You, you, you Maybe you don't talk to her afterwards. Maybe maybe you, you're like, well, fine, I'm just going to go do this. And the more layers of insulation we put up actually isolate us. Yeah. Now, Elijah insulated himself by setting himself aside from God's word, God's movement, which allowed him to cry out like, I'm the only one left. That's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants right. to put insulate moments of insulation around you. Let me let me redefine insulation. Moments of hurt, moments of of, of rejection, uh, moments of of uh, no one paying attention to you, not validating you. Like, and now you're like, well, why does this even matter? Like, mm -hmm. I, I did this, I did that, didn't get recognized for it. I did this, I did that, didn't get acknowledged for it. I checked off her list. Like she said, if you'll be this and be this and do this and do that, then we'll be this and we'll do that. I've checked the list and we're still not that. Yeah. All of that insulation now just isolates you. You put up walls. You put up walls. Yeah. I identified with a word that you said earlier, which was numbness. Yes. <clears throat> Something I did in the Marine Corps uh, because you're you're constantly deployed – you're always away from home. You're always away from loved ones, and you can't focus on it. So you intentionally turn it off, and it's a habit that I kept with me for a long time uh, when I traveled and worked, and then, you know, at home. This one thing is not getting right. Um, I'm tired of feeling lonely, so I'm going to shut that valve off because I don't want to deal with how yeah. it makes wow. me feel. Mm. And, you know... You know, if she picks up on it, good for her. If she doesn't, I got to I got to move forward and not deal on with the pain. So I just I just intentionally turn the nozzle off. You just described a large majority of of men. They do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now I think that probably answers maybe the first question I ask: Why do guys not define uh, because they've turned it off? Mm. Yeah. And for them to acknowledge it, they have to open up that valve again and let those emotions out so they can assign a label to it. Rodney, you just you just said, and that's literally where I was going next. So after you get so much insulation, you just kind of quit trying. Yeah. You quit thinking. It's it's so much easier just to get the job done. If you know what I mean, like get up, go to work, do what I got to do, come home, quit putting in the effort because I'm probably going to be rejected or I'm probably going to be isolated. I'm going to be insulated. So I'm just going to turn that off. Yeah. I, and, if, and you said it well. If she gets it, she gets it. If she doesn't, guess what? Not not a big deal to me because I've turned that off. So mm. you think. Yeah. 
Now, we know the human body cannot exist in isolation. Right. I mean, why do you? Th- why is it a form of torture in the military? Yeah. Why, did, why is it a form of discipline in prison? Why right. do they put you in isolation? Because we know the human body can't live deprived and depraved like that, Yeah. right? Well, you can try to turn it off. And to be honest, some guys think they haven't turned it off for a while, but it turns into some other stronghold mm. or it turned into some other addiction, cutting, alcohol, drugs, pornography, anger, I mean, you name it. Like, it has to be. You think you can shut that valve off, but it has that air, if you will, water, whatever you're shutting off. It it's gonna find another way out. Yeah, is my mm-hmm. point, right? And so you think you can shut it off, um, but you can't. Again, Elijah insulated himself, which allowed him to be isolated from God. So we got to go back, guys, and you got to find out what are some areas that you're you've insulated. Now, listen, I get it. You have tried and tried and tried in so many areas to emotionally connect with your wife, and you you checked off the ten box checklist, and she hands you another one. Mm. I mean, seriously, I get it. It's like if you'll do this, you're like, I, I thought the list was just ten. Like, why'd you give me another ten? Or I got one. You know, you end up. Having a child, then it's two mm. children, then it's four, or whatever it is, and Mama's pouring into that. Yeah, and it's really easy for on both sides, to be honest, uh, to to get to forget what the priorities are. Right, mm. and so you know, women are immediately going, "Okay, I, I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna shoot at the guy closest to the foxhole." Right, right. so they're putting out fires. And so they start isolating the communication and the the being in touch towards yeah. the end of the day. Well, what happens when mom is at the end of the day after dealing with all that? Oh, She's yeah. dirt tired. She's done. And so, yeah. are, and so you guys are getting the worst of each other mm-hmm. in that situation. Oh, that's a great and then, example. And then it just builds, and it's another night, and it's another night. And, and it's another layer of insulation. Yep. Exactly. No, yep. you, you nailed it right there. So obviously in ministry, one of the biggest things I deal with among ministers is, is loneliness, but not loneliness in ministry, loneliness in their marriage. Mm. Um, wow. So, I mean, er, every month, I'm not, I'm not making a joke, every month wow. through Renovate, um, I will get at least two to three guys that call up and say, um, what do I do about this? I'm like, well, what is this? And they're like, and basically, what it comes down to is 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 loneliness. They're like, I, if I go to the church, like, all right, I had a guy call me up. And here's what he said. He said, Pastor, Ron, I think I violated. And I thought, oh Lord, here we come. He goes, but it wasn't that. He goes, I think I violated the 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 professional and personal level. So what do you mean? He said, well, I I shared with one of my leaders that I I, I think I'm a, I'm a little lonely or I'm a little I'm going through some discouragement. Wow. Mm. And he says, as soon as I said that, it's like that guy all of a sudden saw a different me, and he and he, he said he almost turned on me. He was like, no, 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 no. The church can't have a pastor that's discouraged. Mm-hmm. Wow. The oh, church, man. He, and, he, and so long, long, long conversation, you know, a little bit to more was discovered. your point about ministers being exactly. lonely. Exactly. And, and he said, so what was I supposed to do in that situation? And But here's what he said. He said, my wife is so overburdened right now with kids, to your point, Rodney, to kids and life and everything. I felt like if I went to her, not that she couldn't handle it, but it just might be just one more thing. Like, yeah. what mm-hmm. do we do? Mm-hmm. In other words, he was. He also said, like, I needed a clear-headed perspective to tell me if I was right or wrong, and I thought maybe if I went to her, and he goes, but I made a mistake. I should have never, listen, I should have never trusted somebody like that. That's wow. sad. Yeah. Wow. That's sad. 
And so the real reason why he was calling me was not to tell me that, but he he basically said, I'm having a meeting soon with some of, of the leaders now. What do I do? Mm. What do I do at that meeting now that I've let that out? Oh, man. And so we had to walk. I mean, every, I think things turned out great. Like, God used it. Like, thank the Lord for that. But to your point, um, you know, Rodney, there's there's so much going on at home that both of them feel like, I don't know what to do with this, but I know this. There are a lot of men listening right now that you're making good money. And, I mean, you've got the watch. You've got the car. Um, or you got the truck or the tools. What, like... Those things are good, right? They're good. But right now you're lonely. And you actually want you want time with your wife. You mm-hmm. want connection with your kids. You want connection with coworkers, but you're living on an island. Mm. And we hear you. Um and and we know that you feel that way. All right, let me just get to this. How can you detect loneliness and what do you do with it? All right, yeah. let's detect it. That's what I started out with. And let's just answer how how do I how do I handle it? Okay, what can you do to, to detect loneliness? And then once I have, what do I do with it? First of all, here here's how you know when you're lonely: when you see the world as against you, rather than how you see that God is for you. Oh yeah, like when you start blaming your job, when you start blaming, you know, man, everybody's again. No matter where I go. Like things just aren't working out no matter where I go. Like you start talking like that pretty soon, and what you're doing is you're just putting yourself on the island deeper and deeper and deeper oh, into yeah. the jungle. The whole hits keep on just come on coming, and now you're looking for the next hit. Yes. Mm, Instead yes. of just yeah. moving on, you're you're waiting for the next blow. And to go back to your point, um, Rodney, at some point you just turn off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You just turn off, you know, like, like on Castaway. You just start talking to a volleyball, you know, kind of a yeah. deal. <laughs> You know, what's his name? Wilson, Wilson the volleyball. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. like, you just start talking, like you just shut off. You're like, there's no use trying. Um, I'm, I'm done. So if you're, if you feel like the whole world is against you, rather than seeing that no matter how you feel, what season you're in, God is still for you. Even if your marriage is struggling, God is still for you. All right, I'm going I'm to walk you through some simple steps on how to get through this. Here's number two. When you start using more eyes, if you'll go back and remember, I made a statement, I said it four times, and it began with I. I am alone. I am alone left. I am the only one left. That's how he started. Elijah started by using more eyes yeah. than you do like God. Well, there's a reason why God has me here. Well, I need to go to God and find out why I feel this way. If if you start saying I I, I am alone left. I I can't do this right. I I don't know if this marriage will ever work together. I then you know you've put you're putting yourself on an island. Here's number three. When you allow, listen, your starvation to cause isolation. Mm. Okay, that phrase right there, at least the first part, well, actually one word. I hear so many guys tell me they are literally starving for affection from their wife. They are starving for attention from their kids. They are starving for connection. And I'm just telling you right now, like you would not think the average guy felt that way. Yeah. But they do. But when you allow that starvation to become isolation, when you just turn yourself off, here's another way. When you become tired, you understand this, when 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 we become tired, we become depleted of our own energy, our fullness, our time, our value, et cetera. We begin to cling to whatever we have left in order to keep us alive and moving. Mm. Like when you're starving, 
That's true. You don't eat anything. Yeah. All right, I made a confession to to I don't know if I did to Jacob or not, but it, I think it was to Rihanna. Maybe it was to Jacob and Rayleigh. So in my family, um, they all like what are they called? Ollie pops, Doc pops. What are mm-hmm. they called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are they called Ollie pops? Those Ollie drinks. Pops. Yeah. And Rodney likes them too. Rodney, I need to confess this to you. I call them Windex. Oh, like that <laughs> carbonated, Zevia. huh? Yeah, the, the, I drank the Zevia ones, which you also call toilet cleaner. <laughs> yeah, Zevia, that stuff, like if I imagine what what, what toilet bowl cleaner tasted oh, yeah. like, like that's probably it. Mm. I was... <laughs> toilet paper <I> aftertaste. <laughs> I was so, I was so, 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 so tired of water. Like I came home the other day and in the outside refrigerator, there was one... Olipop, a strawberry vanilla, mm. and I thought if I do this, I'm going to have to confess to the to the family I have said for years. I don't know how you guys drink that. I drank the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I drank the whole strawberry vanilla Olipop. Oh, man, one of the best. Yeah, but um, I enjoyed it. My point and all that is, if if when you are so starved, you will actually go mm. to whatever's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my whole point in that. Like I was so thirsty yeah. that I went to the one thing I said, that's horrible. Yeah. Don't know how you guys will drink that. You know how I poke fun, fun around the house and so forth. Yeah. When you get yourself to that point of starvation and isolation, that's when addictions come in. That's yeah. when strongholds set in. Wow. That's when fear sets in. Like yeah. you literally will go after whatever's there. That's okay. Good. We Here's what we also know. we When we often will turn... Uh, to those things. So what we turn to, watch, will determine whether we become set aside, like set apart, or mm-hmm. set aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever we turn to in that moment, That's if big. in that moment of isolation, if I turn to pornography, I have now set myself aside, not apart. Yeah. Whatever I turn to in a moment of starvation and isolation is is what now will feed me. Mm-hmm. That's good. And man, I'm gonna tell you what: loneliness has an appetite that is never satisfied. Mm-hmm. Lo- loneliness, you you will never get off that island once you're on there. If you just keep eating the only thing that's on the island, you have to start saying, "Okay, God, I'm gonna get out of this. I'm gonna start claiming Scripture." over myself. So in other words, do not insulate yourself from what God has for you. You are not the only one left. I guess that's one of the, why I wrote this near the end was because I want so many guys to know you're not the only husband that feels that way. Yeah. You're not the only college kid that feels that way. You're not the only, we have a decent number of teenage boys. You're not the only teenager that feels this way. Right. You're not the only guy at work or on the job that feels this way. Like I watched my dad deal with loneliness in the contracting business because he obviously had a different set of values. And in order to hang out with the subcontractors and get the deals, he had to go do, you know, certain things with Jack Daniels. You know what I mean? Like he had to go hang out afterwards and drink Jack Daniels. My dad was like, no. So sometimes he would miss jobs or he'd be known like, oh, there's the guy that doesn't want to, he's too good to be with us kind of a thing. I saw my dad deal with that, but he said, no, if I do that, What's what else is there? Like, what will I do next? Mm-hmm. Well, I start going to the clubs, you know. Well, I need a stash of dollar bills, you know, to go to the gentleman's club kind of. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You'll just keep compromising. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it's funny. We sing, we, even in worship, you know, praise them in the valley, right? Right. And we, we sometimes practically beg God for a pair of shoes. Mm. He gives us a pair of shoes and it has a pebble in it. Mm. And now all we can do is focus on the pebble yeah. in the shoe wow. and how irritating that is rather than the fact that we've got shoes on. How can we just live with it until God gives me the moment to stop in the race and pull it out? Yeah. And we just 
you, you get fixated on it. Yes. Okay, so that brings up a good point. And uh, I just need to mention two things really quick. First of all, don't, don't allow the enemy to confuse you mm. between being set aside and set apart. That's part of what he wants to do. So, again, remember when the Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he may not kill you right there immediately, but he yeah. sure can slowly kill oh, yeah. you uh, with confusion. Let me let me mention this last one, all right? Don't, do not allow insulation to creep in uh, when you're tired, depleted, and starved of resources. Mm. Yeah. Here's the way I say it to, to, to ministers. Here's the way I say it to pastors. Never make a big decision on Monday. <laughs> okay, so if you're in ministry, you understand that. So pastors and, and ministers, we put a whole lot of everything goes into Sunday. Yeah. And the devil can mess with you and be like, what were you thinking? Like Sunday wasn't this and that. Like Raina will always say, well, it's Sunday. You know, Saturdays and Saturday nights are the roughest night of the week, at least for Ron and Raina. We seldom sleep on Saturday nights. Like the warfare is legit. We wake up on Sunday morning, and then that's when we're like, well, now we know why we didn't sleep, because we went through that. All right, so here's the point. A lot of ministers put a lot of emotion into that calling on Sunday morning. Right. When Sunday morning doesn't go right, you're like, what What am I doing? So yeah. I tell them, never make a major decision on Monday. Like if a church calls you on Monday and says, are you interested, don't say yes. <laughs> if the devil's telling you to resign, don't resign. Like, don't make a major decision on Monday because you're so starved. You're so right, depleted. They right. say one sermon, the energy into one sermon is worth one 40-hour work week. And some guys preach twice, three times on Sundays. So, in other words, you're depleted. So, guys, right now, if if your job, if you're depleted, if you're starved, starved of energy, starved of time, starved of perspective, starved of hope, don't view life from that lens. Yeah. All right, so you, what do you do? In closing, what do you do? You got to get back and believe what God has spoken into and speaks into us through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. The devil does. The devil wants you on that island. You got to start walking off that island. Yeah. Loneliness is an experience that is valid. It is one that we can choose once we're around it to remain in by yeah. isolation and insulation. But what do you do? You allow the Word of God to infiltrate your heart and your mind, so it will motivate you to commit yourself to, you got to get back to serving God and His purpose in your life. Surround yourself with worship music, change the friends that you're hanging around, even share it with your wife that I feel lonely, like you have to share. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, that pastor I was referring to may not have had a safe place to go to in church, but in this room, you have a safe place to go to. Mm -hmm. If you need to tell one of us that's speaking in this room, yeah. right, like with Jordan, Jordan, if there's guys within four or five years of your age range that are listening, they want to come to you, Jacob, same guy for, you know, young married couples, yep. Rodney, you and I, if you're listening and you want to tell somebody you're struggling with loneliness, you're safe in this room. Mm. Yeah. Like you're not going to cross any line between professional and personal. Right. That, that line doesn't exist. And so we want you to be encouraged. We're praying over you. Loneliness is valid. Not sure what put you there, but recognize what did put you there. But get off that island. The mm. devil 
wants to keep you there, but God has so much in store for you. But don't make a decision when you're starving, literally starving. Get full, get back, get into the Word. Be thankful for what's in front of you. Begin to see where the blessings are instead of that one isolated moment that put you in insulation. Don't do it. Don't do it. Walk away from that feeling. Reject it. Step back into hope, faith, life, meaning, and purpose. You are valued. You are worthy. As a dad, your voice matters. As a husband, your voice matters. As an employer or an employee, your work and efforts matter. But it doesn't so much matter to those that are looking. It matters to the God you serve. Stay faithful to him we love you guys stay strong don't hang on to loneliness come out and join us on front site thank you guys so much for listening we're praying over you talk to you next time bye